Um, you'll have noticed probably that we finished a bit early for worship. Um, and that's because I really want to spend some time afterwards responding to what God, or to what I believe God has put on my heart for this morning. And I really want to give plenty of time this morning to be able to do that. So once I've finished speaking, I've, there's been a song that's been just speaking to me loads this week, so I'm going to play that, we're going to listen to that, and then the guy's going to lead us in worship, and we're going to, I know, um, I think some people have got some stuff they want to share, so we're going to just spend some time really seeking God and, and before God. I just want to start with a couple of prophetic words that um, people have had. The first one was from Mel. Now, those of you who know Mel, she was out in the States recently, and while she was out there, she uh, felt she got this from God and emailed it to Graham. Um, so I just want to share this this morning. Mel said this, she said, I was stood at the door and I looked, and all I could see was a bright light surrounding and covering the people in the room. It was so bright and heavy, all I could do was to fall face down on the floor. It was so intense. I felt God saying, my spirit will come, my glory will fall upon my people in a powerful way. It's time to get ready. It's time to prepare the hearts of my people and get ready for the outpouring. For I'm about to do a new thing, a season of the miraculous, times of intensity of my spirit. But my spirit will not just be contained within a Sunday or a midweek meeting, but it will, it will rest on each and every one of you. You will take it into the places you work or study. It will be evident to your neighbours. You will begin to see strongholds move in my name. You start to see victory in my name. You will see a mighty change in my name for I am raising you up to change and impact this city. So that was the first one. And uh, Kat came up to me um, a couple of weeks ago now and said, oh, I think I've got something from God. And she just explained briefly. I said, great, keep that for two weeks' time. I'm preaching and it's going to fit in really well. So I just want Kat to share what she felt God give her. Um, I really felt God saying that he was going to bring his presence and Holy Spirit in greater measure than we've seen before. Um, and it was going to start in the hearts and minds of people who were going to see God and really desire to meet with him. And I really felt that God wanted us to understand the, the meaning behind the Bible where it says you worship in spirit and in truth. And I felt that that would be a real mark of the presence of God and a real mark of what he was going to do. And those of you who hope and dream of revival, those of you who hope and dream for more of God's spirit, God's coming. He's going to surpass the past, surpass things that you've experienced before, and surpass things that you've dreamed of, surpass things that you've read about. It's not going to be just about Derby, just about this county. It's not even going to be just about this nation. This is going to impact the nation's. The church, will, the church will be changed by God. That's kind of inevitable. Um, people are going to be drawn in, not because we're nice or friendly, but because of the presence of God. People are going to know that they can meet God. It's going to change the face of church. Church is going to break out from the ties that bind it, ties that we, we kind of like comfort. Um, God's going to break us out of comfort into something more dangerous, something more risky. But we're also going to break out of the ties that bind us because the world holds us in a position. God's going to break us out of that. I really feel that this is going to be a time of new birth, of renewal, 
of new effectiveness, of new expressions of church in ways that we haven't yet seen. God's going to change, just blow our minds. It's going to be amazing. Thanks, Kat. So how do they make you feel? Good? Tingly. Tingly and good. Okay. Matthew 5, verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. James 4.8 says, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. 1 Peter 1.22 says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers. Love one another deeply from the heart. And Psalm 24.3 says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Saviour. In 1 Samuel 16:7 it says, "But the Lord said to Samuel, "Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not a man, or for God sees not as man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart." And in Proverbs 21:2 it says, "Every man's way is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts." And I found this from C.H. Spurgeon. It says, If our hands are now unclean, let us wash them in Jesus' precious blood. And so let us pray unto God, lifting up pure hands. But clean hands would not suffice unless they were connected with a pure heart. True religion is a heart work. We may wash the outside of a cup and the platter as long as we please, but if the inward parts be filthy, we are filthy altogether in the sight of God. For our hearts are more truly ourselves than our hands are. We may lose our hands and yet live, but we could not lose our heart and still live. We've seen from Cat's word, God was saying about impacting people's hearts. Mel's word says, prepare your hearts. And in the Bible, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So I just want to briefly look at three things this morning before we come back before God. Firstly, I want to look at what does it mean to have a pure heart? Secondly, how do you get a pure heart? And thirdly, what is the result of having a pure heart? So I'm going to pray. We're going to look at those things briefly. And then we're going to... Getting God's presence again. So Lord, I just want to ask, Lord God, that you would help me this morning just to speak, Lord, what I feel you've given me. Lord, help me to just really get across, Lord God, what you've burned my heart with this week. And Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd open the hearts and minds of your people here this morning to see you. Lord God, we want to see you. We want to know you more. We want that outpouring of your Holy Spirit.
God, just speak to us this morning, I pray. Amen. All right, quick sip of water and let's get going. Okay, firstly, the heart in Scripture refers to the mind, the will and the emotions. When it talks about the heart, it's talking about the source of all that we do and think. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. So we're not just talking about this beaty thing inside. What we're talking about is your mind, your will and your emotions all tied up. And in the Bible, it calls it our heart. And that's what we're looking to make pure. In Matthew 15, verse 19, Jesus said, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness and slanders. So you can see the heart encompasses both the mind and the will. So does having a pure heart mean that we are perfect and sinless? Well, if that's all it means, then we're all in trouble. Because none of us are perfect. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody in this room this morning is perfect. The only perfect man there has ever been is Jesus. So if having a pure heart means that you are perfect and sinless, then we might as, all, might as well all go home now. What we're not looking for this morning is perfect people. What we're looking for is people with pure hearts. The Greek word which is translated into pure is katharos. And it means simply to make pure by cleansing. And the word katharos was used sometimes when talking about metal that had been refined until all the impurities had been removed. But for something to be made pure, it first has to be impure. So there's hope for us all. We're all sinners, we're all impure, but we can all be made pure. Not one of you sitting here this morning is incapable of having a pure heart. God can make you pure. So when Jesus speaks of the pure heart, he's talking about a heart that is of pure motive. He's not talking about a heart that is free from sin or hands that are free from sin. What he's talking about is a heart that is of pure motive. So our hearts should be characterised by single-mindedness and undivided devotion. Being pure in heart means more than just avoiding outward sin. It means being single-minded in our motives. Having one goal, one aim, one ambition and one master. Jesus said in Matthew 6.24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. James 4 verse 4, Friendship with the world is hostility towards God. And then a bit later on in that same chapter, in verse 8, it says, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Mixed motives make our hearts impure. Single-minded devotion to God is what purity of heart is all about. 
William Barclay, who was a famous Scottish New Testament scholar, says that this verse can be translated in the following way. We're talking about... <coughs> um, which verse we're talking about? <coughs> Matthew 5, 8. He, said, he says it can be translated like this. Blessed is the man whose motive is always entirely unmixed, for that man shall see God. Blessed is the man whose motive is always entirely unmixed, for that man shall see God. So what do you find when you mark yourself against single-minded devotion to God? I'd imagine the majority of us find ourselves slightly short of the mark. Often our motives are selfish and self-centred instead of single-minded devotion to God and a passionate desire to please him. Often (coughs) we're concerned only for what is in it for us. Our call is clear to be unmixed, unadulterated in our devotion to God, to be single-minded in our devotion to God, not part devoted to God, part devoted to our work, not partly to God, partly to money, not partly to God, partly to Facebook, totally devoted to God. Now that doesn't mean you can't go on Facebook. doesn't mean if you go on Facebook you don't have a pure heart. But it's, what you're, it's where you're going. Single-minded devotion to God. Out of that, I'm sure he'll give you time to go on Facebook. <laughs> so how do you get a pure heart? Good question. We've seen what a pure heart is. Single-minded devotion to God. So how do we get one? Well, <clears throat> I was struggling with this. So I've taken this straight from a paper by a guy called J. David Hawk as he explained it far better than I could. And this is what he says when talking about how to get a pure heart. He says, the answer to those questions, to a great degree, is found in the Beatitudes. The first four lay the foundation for the second four. To put it another way, the second four Beatitudes are the result of walking in the first four. The Beatitudes are out of Matthew Matthew 5. In order to become pure in heart, we must see our need and respond to that need. We must walk through the progression we have seen in the first four Beatitudes. As those who are poor in spirit, we see ourselves sinfulness. We see our sinfulness. As those who mourn, we repent in godly sorrow for our sin. Our hearts are broken before God. Thus they become gentle and tender before God. Humility marks those who are thus dealt with by God. We then come to the place where we hunger and thirst for righteousness because we have seen only that the righteousness of God satisfies. This is the foundation we must lay if we are ever to become pure in heart. It's a process to become pure in heart. It's a never-ending striving to become pure in heart. Jesus said, take up your crosses daily. And in the same way, we need to be seeking purity on a daily basis 
It's not just a one-off thing. It's an ongoing thing. Taking it up daily, seeking daily to be more pure in heart. Seeking God with all our heart on a daily basis. David prayed in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Now the word renew implies that he wanted it again and again. Renew it, renew it. I'm not just satisfied with the one I've got. Renew it, make it new. Renewing and refining are a process. Purification is a process. To purify gold, you won't just purify it the once. You'll take it back, you'll do it again, you'll do it again, you'll do it again until you get all of the unclean out of it. But sometimes it's an uncomfortable process. And I think after the service this morning, when we start worshipping again, I think some of you are going to find it uncomfortable. Because to refine gold, you need fire. Fire's hot, fire burns, but it cleanses. And I think some of you will find it uncomfortable. Some of you may bring you to tears. For some of you it will hurt letting go. For some of you the filtering of those things that you've held onto for so long will be painful. But becoming pure in heart is not a quick fix. It's not an instant fix. This morning, you're not going to walk out of here with a totally pure heart. It's a process. And I hope this morning we will all start that process of getting a pure heart so we can see God. Because that is really my heart's desire, is that this church sees God in a new way. We've got the prophecies. And Mel's prophecy says, prepare your hearts. Why does it say prepare your hearts? Because God said the pure in heart will see me. We are to start preparing our hearts to see God move. To get a pure heart, you have to enter into a process. But with so many things, being a Christian means doing the opposite of what the world would expect. In the kingdom, the way up is always down. Falling on our knees in repentance before God so that we can look up and catch a glimpse of his glory. In the kingdom, the way up is always down. So finally, what's the result of a pure heart? It will result in us seeing God. If we get a pure heart, he promises, he says the pure in heart will see God. It will result in us seeing God. It will result in us seeing his spirit poured out and seeing these prophetic words come to pass. How many of you want to be a part of a church where the Holy Spirit is not just contained to a Sunday morning or a Tuesday or Wednesday evening? In Mel's word it says, you will take it into the places of your work or study it will be evident to your neighbours. You will begin to see strongholds move in my name. Great, I want that. But there is a cost. 
it's time to get ready. It's time to prepare the hearts of my people. That's what I want us to do this morning. Start on that journey to getting pure hearts. A pure heart enables you to tune into God. Just as a radio needs to be fine-tuned to find the signal. So we need to be tuned in. And what's our tuner? Our tuner is a pure heart. If our focus is shifted even slightly, then we're going to lose the signal. If we're less than 100% focused on God, we're not going to have as strong a signal. It's going to get fuzzy. It's going to be slightly fuzzy. We're going to start doubting. When you don't quite hear everything, that's when you think, oh, is that me? Oh, is that me? I don't know. Having a pure heart means a strong signal to God. So what is the state of your heart? Are you fully devoted to God this morning? Or is it partially God and then when you leave church on a Sunday, more likely something else? This morning can be a time of repentance. It can be a time of falling on our knees before God so that we can look up and catch a glimpse of his glory. And it may help you to do that this morning. We've got, it's just turned half past, we've got half an hour, we'll have about half an hour. We can seek God, we can repent, we can fall on our knees. We can see some of his glory this morning. And that's really what I want. Take you back to Psalm 24, verse 3. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. Okay. He has clean hands. Your hands are clean this morning if you're a Christian. Did you know that? God has forgiven your sins. He looks at you and he sees someone who is pure. Your sin is gone. So that bit's dealt with. He who has clean hands is dealt with. You don't need to worry about that. If you're a Christian this morning, God has taken away your sin. You're halfway there. The second bit, and a pure heart, is a bit more tricky. It means totally devoting yourself to God. It means repenting. It may mean falling on your knees. None of us are perfect. All of us are forgiven. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. But God came, sent his son who died so that our sins can be forgiven. Our hands are clean. When Jesus looks at our hands, he sees them clean through the blood of Jesus. So church, are we prepared to get our hearts pure before him so that we can see him? God wants the people who are willing to be devoted to him, who are willing to have devoted hearts who are willing to be single-minded in their hearts, in their devotion to him. God wants a devoted church. And on a devoted church, he will pour out his spirit. He will pour out his spirit. What I want to do, I say I've been listening to this song all week, and it's just hit me right here. I think Dash, did you manage to get the words on? The words are going to come up on the screen. 
So if you guys want to come back. The words are going to come up on the screen. Listen to the words, read them. Let them impact your heart. And then the, the band are going to lead us in a time of worship this afternoon. Time of worship. And we're going to seek God with all our heart. I want this morning for us to start a process. If you want to come out the front and be prayed for because you need help, then great. But this is a very personal thing. Looking at you, I can't tell what state your heart is in. Only God can. And as we move into the time of worship, maybe people will have words, pictures, prophecies, then great. Let's really push in. But guys, I want this to be a morning where you respond personally to God. May not mean being out the front, but the response in your heart is what God is looking for. He can see that. We may not, but God, I just want to encourage you, please, this morning. I want desperately to see this prophecy fulfilled for this church, and to see Cat's prophecy fulfilled in this church. And God will pour out His Spirit on a church of pure-hearted people.